Welcome to the program. Hello. First, let me welcome you to the program. I'm delighted you invested in this, as I've seen the results that women just like you get when they apply the principles inside. And quite frankly, they're astonishing. Perhaps the most surprising thing, though, isn't the results themselves, but the way in which they're achieved. I'm sure you'll be familiar with plenty of fad diets and gimmicks, and may have even tried a few in the past, whether that's been low-carb dieting, Atkins, a fat-free diet, the baby food diet, cabbage soup, slashing your calories right down, or just relying on pills, powders, and potions to see you through, rather than real food. The thing about these diets, while you'd imagine they'd get results, seeing as for most of them, you're surviving on very little and making your eating plan extreme, is that they don't work. At least they don't work long term, as you always put the weight back on once you finish the diet. Plus, any weight that you lose is never pure body fat. You lose a lot of lean muscle too, and they can often have sickening side effects. That's where this course comes in. I know that eating and training to get a lean, sexy, slender physique is actually very straightforward. Through principles that are backed by science and evidence, this course will show you how you can get your dream body without using any of the drastic measures that are so often associated with weight loss. Whether you just want to lose a few pounds for a vacation, or you want to blast body fat and look like a cover model, or maybe even your favorite female athlete, this book is for you. It's divided up into several sections. Mythbusters. Well, we'll go through why many of the most common fat loss approaches just don't work to help prevent you falling victim to them. The Foundations of Sensible Dieting and Training. Well, we'll look into the science behind losing weight and keeping it off. I know sensible and science aren't often words that are used to describe fat loss methods. But trust me, once you've nailed these, you'll see how easy dropping weight and getting an amazing body is. A comprehensive dieting section, and which will run through the fundamentals of fat loss nutrition, from the importance of calories right up to when you eat your meals for best results, and everything in between. Next, we'll touch on training, including the best types of cardio to do, why lifting weights is so crucial if you want the fastest results, and give you sample plans that you can follow to get going right away. Finally, we'll wrap everything up, recap what we've gone over, and discuss an action plan for you moving forward. I hope that by downloading it, you see how fast, fun, and stress-free losing fat can be, and never fall prey to another nutritional scam, fad diet, or overpriced workout DVD ever again. This really is the only female fat loss course you'll ever need, so strap yourself in for the ride and let's get going. The Real Truth About Weight Loss Despite the science being there to show us what really works, so many female fat loss and nutrition plans are based around principles that don't deliver results and pseudoscience that just doesn't stack up. Women are typically told to do two things to lose weight. One, drastically slash calories. This is usually done by minimizing carbohydrate intake, cutting down on fats, eliminating processed foods and alcohol completely, and even banning whole food groups such as grains, gluten, or dairy. Two, start doing lots of cardio, and we mean lots of cardio. 
The theory is that cardio burns calories, and so any woman who wants to drop body fat needs to pound the treadmill, take up jogging, dedicate themselves to evenings on the Stairmaster, or spend hour upon hour on an exercise bike. This isn't the case. You'll be amazed how little exercise you need once you're doing the right type of exercise, that is. Before we move on, and I go into how we'll get you to lose fat faster than you ever imagined, as well as doing it safely and sustainably, so you experience no ill health effects and maintain all the progress you make, let's just look at why the above methods don't work. You slashed calories and upped your cardio? Initially, doing this will bring about results. The weight on the scale will definitely go down, and you may even look a little leaner. This is because you've created a calorie deficit. A calorie deficit is where you're burning more calories than you're eating. So in order to survive and to have a supply of energy, your body turns to its stored fat for fuel. No matter what type of diet you do, you have to have a calorie deficit to lose weight. You can eat as healthy or as clean as you like, but if you're eating more calories than you burn, you won't lose an ounce. Even if you're surviving solely on chicken breast and broccoli, while it would be hard to overeat these, it's still theoretically possible to gain fat if you're not in a deficit. So you've been dieting for a few weeks and seen the scale move down, your clothes feel looser, and you might even have seen some changes in the mirror. But pretty soon, a few things happen. For one, your hunger levels will be through the roof. This is because typical weight loss diets restrict your food intake so much that you're ravenous almost 24-7. Combined with this, you'll also be getting huge cravings. Because you've probably banned most tasty foods, your body's pleasure sensors have gone into overdrive, and you're craving something delicious. Also, it's not just fat you'll be losing. Much of the initial weight you lose when dieting and training like the above isn't body fat at all. If you've gone the low-carb route, then your body's stores of carbohydrate will be significantly lower, which in turn reduces your water weight. Plus, because you're in such an aggressive calorie deficit, your body can only burn fat at a certain rate. And so instead of relying on fat for fuel, it's burning up muscle too. Now you might be wondering why muscle matters if you don't want to be a bodybuilder, but we'll cover that very soon. First, I want to talk a little more about how detrimental the common way of doing things is. So your diet's not going great, but how about the training? Cardio is fine for burning calories, but what you'll notice is that pretty soon, your calorie burn per session starts going down. Even if you try to work harder, you won't be getting the same results, and you have to go longer and longer to get it back up. This is because subconsciously, your body is trying to save energy, so driving your calorie burn down. Unfortunately, while often deemed safer than weights, this isn't true either. Cardio, especially impact activities like running, can create huge stress on your joints and lead to injuries, particularly overuse injuries such as tendonitis. Let me ask you this too. Do you enjoy cardio? I know they talk about runner's high, but apart from that, it's pretty boring, right? Even if you put a podcast on or watch something on the TV, it's not the best way to get your aggression out, relieve stress, and really make you feel like you're working hard and blitzing that stubborn body fat either, is it? 
Now, when you combine these long, drawn-out, monotonous cardio sessions with an extreme diet, things really start to go downhill. You may have lost some weight, but your body's wondering what the heck's going on. You've gone from feeding it adequate fuel and not exercising that often to slashing your calories right down and getting your cardio in every day. As it starts to burn off muscle mass, you begin to look skinny and drawn out. And while many women say they're not bothered about how they want to lose weight, provided they lose it, trust me, when you start seeing the muscle wastage and the lack of definition that come with the above approach, you'll change your tune pretty fast. The longer you diet like this, the slower your results get. Why? Well, that loss of muscle mass means you burn fewer calories each day. And by burning fewer calories, the size of your deficit reduces, meaning weight loss slows. To get around this, you have to eat less than you are at the moment. But remember those cravings? Well, they kick in hard, and it becomes almost impossible to stick to your plan. When the results are coming fast, depriving yourself and eating your same old bland, boring foods is bearable. But when the results aren't there, it gets so much harder. To combat such a drop in calories, your body also fights back with its survival mechanism. You might have heard this referred to as starvation mode. And while starvation mode itself is somewhat of a myth, there's a degree of truth to it, though most people in the nutritional sciences industry refer to it as metabolic adaptation. This is a process whereby your body starts to downregulate all non-essential functions, such as sex drive, digestion speed, and even the production of some hormones, so you can start to feel very lethargic and quite unwell. Additionally, you'll subconsciously move around less, and so will be burning fewer calories, making it harder to keep losing weight. Can you see a pattern here? In the end, it all gets too much, and you give in and binge. Maybe you're out for a meal with friends, intend on having a plain steak or a chicken salad, but spy the burger and fries on the menu and just can't resist, so you have this. It tastes so good, and you figure that you've blown your diet anyway, and so you go on to have dessert, wine, and then chocolate when you get home. And before you know it, you've eaten a week's worth of calories in just a few hours, and then you feel guilty. This guilt starts to form part of a vicious cycle, whereby you think to get back on track, you need to be even more extreme than you were before with more cardio and less calories. But the same thing happens again, only this time the binge comes sooner. Each and every time you do this, you're making future fat loss progress harder and harder as you're playing Russian roulette with your metabolism. You make your physique worse too as you lose a combination of muscle mass and body fat during the diet but put back on solely fat, no muscle when you binge or overeat. Now this is not meant to be a horror story. Far be it from me to try and scare you straight from the start. But I wanted to include this to outline how the way most women are told to eat and train to lose weight is just downright wrong. I also know there's plenty of skepticism out there when it comes to female fat loss. So wanted to show you how I'm not just another guru who wants to sell you supplements or get you onto an extreme eating plan. Lift for a lean body. We've got both the nutrition and training aspects of female fat loss covered in this book. People often say things like, it's 80% diet, 20% training, 
Our abs are made in the kitchen, but in reality, it's 100% of both if you want to see the best results. In this chapter, I want to run you through a primer on the type of training you'll be doing, as well as how you'll eat, before we get into the nuts and bolts of each. As far as training goes, you'll be employing two forms, the first being weight training. Now, weight training doesn't mean that we're going to have you gunning for world's strongest woman or trying desperately to increase your bench press one rep max. Nope, what we'll be doing is using different forms of resistant training, be it free weights, barbells and dumbbells, machines, or your own body weight to create a workout. Plenty of women are discouraged from weight training as they think they're going to bulk up and look manly. This isn't the case at all. One of the main factors in building muscle is a hormone called testosterone. It's the main male sex hormone, and women only have around 10% of the amount that men do, so adding muscle is much harder. That's not to say you won't add any muscle whatsoever, but you certainly won't look too big. The type of training we'll do has the main emphasis on burning calories and shaping your physique to make it look more feminine and to increase tone and definition. Lifting weights and having more muscle also increases your metabolism, which means you burn more calories every minute of every day, and so can eat more while still dropping fat. I'd say that's a win in anyone's book. The second type of training you'll be doing is HIT, high-intensity interval training. This is cardio, but it's not cardio like you're used to. The beauty of HIT is that it's very short but extremely effective. You can get a great cardio workout in as little as 10 minutes. It combines quick periods of very high-intensity effort with longer periods of low-intensity work. In the research, HIT has been shown to be superior for body composition and also increases your metabolic rate for up to 48 hours after you've finished a workout. Combine that with the fact you don't need to do it for very long at all to see results. And that's the kind of cardio we like. Sustainable Diets Explained Finally, diet. While sustainable and sensible aren't words often used to describe fat loss plans, these are the two S's of fat loss nutrition. As I said earlier, weight loss comes down to calories in versus calories out. You have to be in a deficit to lose fat. No two ways about it. That's not to say it's the only thing that matters, as other factors play important roles, but calorie balance is the key one. Once you get this dialed in, though, you can eat anything you want within reason and still lose fat very quickly. Obviously, the majority of your food choices should be healthy, but if you want some pizza, some ice cream, some chocolate, or even some wine, you'll be able to do that without wrecking your progress, provided you follow the methods outlined in later chapters. We'll take you through every single dieting component to ensure that you lose fat as fast as humanly possible, but do so in a way that keeps you feeling full and satisfied, doesn't ban or exclude any foods or food groups, lets you have treats and things you enjoy on a regular basis, maximizes fat loss and muscle retention, doesn't make you want to binge, gives you energy to train hard, keeps your metabolism on turbo speed, allows you to follow your diet indefinitely with no suffering and no cravings, 
Essentially, it's a diet that doesn't feel like a diet, but the results you get are amazing. Before we dive in, let me assure you once more that everything in here is backed by science. Through my time in the industry, I've dedicated myself to learning about female fat loss nutrition and sorting out the fat from fat, and it's a pleasure to share it with you here. Flexible Dieting for Maximum Fat Loss Before you close this ebook down and think I'm about to throw another fad plan or restrictive diet on you, give me a few minutes to show you a way you can eat that not only helps you lose fat fast, but does so in a way where you don't need to ban any of your favorite foods. As you might have guessed from earlier, we want a sustainable, healthy, tasty approach to dieting, and one that doesn't lead to extreme hunger or binge eating. Despite what you've been told about cutting carbs, banning gluten, dairy products and sugar, or even adopting a raw food approach, there is a way to get the body of your dreams with virtually no sacrifice. The way we'll do this is by following a scientific, evidence-based method of eating. Calories, the queen of weight loss. We ran through calories earlier, but let's go even more in depth. Calories are the main factor in whether you lose or gain weight and fat. If you eat fewer than you burn, you lose weight. And if you eat more than you burn, you'll gain weight. Therefore, before considering anything else, you need to work out how many calories you should be consuming. This isn't nearly as difficult as you might have been led to believe, however. All you need to do is take your body weight in pounds and multiply it between 10 and 12. This is known as your activity factor. Highly active women should pick the number 12. If you train five or six times a week, then this is you. You'll also be a 12 if you train three to four times, but have a job where you're on your feet all day, or you're just busy and rushing around in general with little time to sit down. If you train four to five times a week, or you train two to three times and have an active lifestyle, you'll be an 11. For those of you who only train a couple times every week, you'll be a 10. Once you've worked out your activity factor, you then multiply your body weight in pounds by it. Got that? We'll run through some examples in a little while when we've gone through a bit more information. The power of protein. After calories, protein is the next critical component to suss out. The reason why protein matters so much is because it's essential for building and maintaining muscle. Again, while building muscle and getting bigger won't necessarily be your aim, having a little more lean mass is such a huge help for speeding up your fat loss and also ensures you don't look skinny and drawn out when you diet down and lose body fat. Protein's second benefit is its thermogenic effect. Protein digests fairly slowly, which means that it keeps you feeling fuller for longer and also burns extra calories during the digestion process. Ideally, your daily protein intake should be around one gram per pound. However, if you're not used to eating a higher protein intake, then you may wish to start a little lower at around 0.7 grams per pound. The typical Western diet is low in protein, and so jumping straight to one gram per pound could be a tall order. So aim for 0.7 grams per pound, but feel free to go up to the magical one gram per pound mark if you're able to. 
There's a big myth circulating that says protein will make women big and bulky. But working out where this misinformation came from is as confusing as the myth itself. Protein on its own won't make you bulk up, and even when combined with lifting weights, as we discussed earlier. There's no need to worry about getting huge, purely for the fact that to get bodybuilder big, you'd need to be training specifically to look like that, as well as eating a very high calorie intake and potentially taking performance-enhancing drugs, too. Basically, don't worry. You might have also heard that too much protein is bad for your liver, your kidneys, or just your general health. Again, there's very little fact in this. All the studies that have shown this to be the case have been performed in people who already had issues with their organs, and actually, a slightly higher protein intake can be beneficial for bone growth, preventing osteoporosis, and aiding general health, as well as muscle repair, fat burning, and blunting your hunger. Carbs and fats aren't the enemy. Carbs and fats have got a bad rap recently. If the media and magazines haven't been demonizing one, it's been the other. Thing is, you need both carbs and fats to diet effectively, lose fat quickly, and protect your energy levels and your health. Despite the negative name, fats have an important role, as they aid your body with producing hormones, so you need enough fat to support this. Carbs are your body's main source of energy, and while you don't want to go overboard with your carbohydrate intake, there's no need to go super low either. Doing so can actually massively increase cravings and have you feeling tired, lethargic, and irritable. So keep those carbs in. To work out how much fat and carbohydrate you need, we've actually got to do some math. Don't worry, it's pretty easy. First, you need to work out your calories. Let's say you're moderately active and weigh 135 pounds. 135 times 11 equals 1,485. Protein is at 0.7 grams per pound. So 135 times 0.7 equals 94.5 grams. We'll round this to 95. There are 4 calories per gram of protein, and 95 times 4 equals 380. This means 380 of your calories per day are going to protein. If we take that 380 away from 1,485, you get 1,105. This is the number of calories you should be getting per day from carbs and fats. How you divide this up is entirely your call, but with the method I'll outline for you in a moment, you'll see that you don't necessarily need to decide exactly how much to have of each, provided you hit roughly the right calorie amounts. First up, though, I want to show you a couple more examples. How to actually count. So far, I've just thrown some numbers at you, which I know makes everything super confusing, but here's where the magic happens. Plenty of women think that counting calories takes hours every day or is a massive constraint on their time, but it absolutely isn't. In fact, it can take as little as two minutes per day using an app on your phone. One of the most popular apps is MyFitnessPal, so it would make sense for you to use that. Though if you've experimented with others and prefer those, that's fine too. Now, whenever you eat something, you need to put it into MyFitnessPal. This might sound like it takes an age, but it doesn't. 
Let's say your breakfast was two poached eggs on a slice of whole grain toast with one half an avocado and a medium non-fat latte. You just search for these in the app, input the amounts of the foods you had, and you'd see a running total of your day's calories and macronutrients so far. Clearly, by the end of the day, your goal is to hit your protein intake and your calorie intake as you worked out above. I'd suggest for the first few weeks, you plan your day's eating the night before if possible, just so you don't get to the evening and either see that you have loads of food to eat or that you've already gone over and are still hungry. How close is close enough? A common question is how close do you need to be? After all, 96 grams of protein or 1,511 calories can seem pretty specific. You need to be accurate, but there's no need to be perfect. Ideally, you'll hit at least 0.7 grams of protein per pound, if not 1 gram per pound, and get within 5% of your desired calorie intake. That means if you're shooting for, say, 1,420, then anywhere from around 1,350 and 1,490 is acceptable. That should make it a lot easier. What about weighing? With the method outlined here, you are going to need to look at portion sizes and maybe even weigh some stuff out. Bodybuilders and athletes will weigh everything they eat so they can track it accurately. But if you're just looking to lose fat fast, then there's no need for you to do that. Weighing more calorie-dense items such as nuts, peanut butter, pasta, rice, dried fruit, and so on is preferable, as estimating amounts of these can mean you're grossly over-consuming calories. For packaged foods that already come in servings, like bagels, sliced bread, microwave meals, and the like, you can just add these into my fitness pal as servings. When it comes to lower-calorie foods like lean meats, fruits, and vegetables, the best thing to do is roughly guesstimate your serving size and then put it into the app as that serving. Is it possible to gain fat by overeating chicken and broccoli? Yes, but the chances of that happening are about the same as me flying solo across the Atlantic on a kite. Hopefully you get the idea with this. In theory, the more accurate you are with tracking, weighing, and measuring, the better. But it shouldn't rule your life, and provided you're sensible with it, you'll be absolutely fine. This might be a small sacrifice, but remember, the beauty of dieting like this means that no food is ever off limits. If you want a glass of wine, pour yourself one, then input it into MyFitnessPal. Out for dinner with friends? No dramas. Look up the restaurant on the app or find the nutrition information online. Put it in and you're all set. On that note, if you do ever go out for food, Say to a local independent place that doesn't provide nutritional information, don't sweat it. Just estimate what you had or pick something similar from MyFitnessPal and you'll be fine. Sample foods. No food is ever off limits or considered banned. And if you wanted to just get your protein from protein shakes and the rest of your calories from Twinkies, you could. But I don't suggest you do that. For one, you'll probably feel pretty lousy. And secondly, Having an adequate intake of fiber and nutrients mean you'll perform better, feel fuller, and ultimately get better results. To help you along, here's a table of my preferred foods. Aim to get the majority of your diet, say 80% from the foods listed, and the rest from other foods, including junk foods if desired. Accelerate your progress using nutrient timing. 
Have you ever wondered how when you eat affects your physique and your fat loss? Well, let me tell you, a lot of myths are often thrown around regarding nutrient timing, with perhaps the most common one being that you shouldn't eat carbs after 6 p.m. The science shows us that there's no proof to this whatsoever, but there is some interesting research regarding nutrient timing that you should take into account if you want the best results. Perhaps the most important of these regards eating around your workouts. Before you train, your body is in need of energy in order for you to perform at your best. Pre-workout nutrition also sets the recovery progress in motion, so it's pretty important. As carbs are your body's main source of energy, it makes sense to eat a higher percentage of them here. The other key component is protein. Due to the fact that you'll be working your muscles hard when you train, you don't want them to break down and not build back up again, so make sure you get your protein in here. As far as after training, similar rules apply. The protein is needed again for muscle reparation, but this time carbs are pretty crucial for helping shuttle the protein to the muscle cells. After training, your insulin sensitivity is higher. This means that your body is primed to use carbs for recovery and for fuel, rather than storing them as body fat. It would be a very smart idea to eat around 20% of your daily protein requirement around 60 to 90 minutes before training, and the same again within an hour of finishing. As for carbs, this depends on how you're splitting up your calories from carbs and fats, but having a minimum of 20 grams and a maximum of 40 grams each side of training, along with your protein, would be a very good idea. The only other thing I'd urge you to do is avoid having too many carbs early in the morning unless you train. Carbs are a useful fuel for intense exercise, but seeing as most of us train later in the day and the mornings are usually pretty sedate, you're best off saving your carbs for later on. Some research has also shown that a breakfast that's higher in fat and protein and lower in carbs may also enhance the fat-burning process. So save the cereal for later and get your egg game on or mix some low-sugar yogurt with protein powder and mix nuts first thing in the morning. Dealing with inevitable plateaus. Even with a plan as effective as this, plateaus are bound to happen from time to time. It's not that you're doing anything wrong, it's just the way it goes. If you remember, we talked about how your metabolism adapts to extreme dieting earlier on. This is the same concept. Obviously, the adaptation happens much slower when you're eating properly and training right, but it will still occur at some stage. The important thing when it does happen is not to panic. You have two choices. One, eat less. Two, move more. Now, neither of these tweaks have to be drastic, and actually, very small, subtle changes can yield big results. So here's what you need to do when you hit a plateau. Oh, but firstly, remember that just because your weight isn't going down doesn't mean you're not making progress. Once a week, check your weight, your waist, hip, and thigh measurements and take a photo of yourself in the mirror. If any of these, the weight measurements or photo, have improved, then you've not plateaued, you're still progressing, so don't change anything. Weight is particularly temperamental, so don't base all your achievements on that alone. If nothing seems different, then you probably have hit a slight roadblock, so you may need to try a few of these tactics. 1. Reduce calories by 50 per day. This drop is small, but it's enough to force your body to keep burning fat. Just drop your target by 50, then reassess next week. 2. 
add an extra HIIT workout. You'll learn about those in just a minute. There you have it. Dieting can be simple, easy, and actually pretty tasty. Just do what we've outlined here by working out your calories and your protein, getting to grips with MyFitnessPal, weighing and measuring food when necessary, sorting out your nutrient timing, and finally, keeping an eye on your progress. If it sounds straightforward, then good, because that's exactly what it is. The Real Truth About Weight Loss Despite the science being there to show us what really works, the workout plan. I mentioned the analogies. It's 80% diet, 20% training. And abs are made in the kitchen earlier on and said that they were bogus. Well, actually, there's some truth there. It's generally easier to cut calories by eating a little less than it is to exercise more. And unless you're a Tour de France cyclist, you're not going to get lean and lose fat by eating 5,000 calories per day. That said, training is critical too. It isn't just the calorie burn from exercise that matters, but the whole impact training has. For instance, training puts your body into a fat-burning state by ramping up your metabolism and making you create more hormones that are favorable for fat loss. Think of cutting calories as the weight loss aspect of your transformation and training as the toning and shaping part. As I said earlier, the plan you'll be following is far removed from other weight loss plans where you mindlessly plod along on a treadmill every workout or spend hours on the rower or bike. Typical cardio like this does burn calories, but it doesn't have any of the other benefits we just mentioned. And above all, it's boring. Therefore, we won't get you doing this. Here's what we will be doing instead. Weight training and HIT. If you read the general introduction section, then you won't need much of a primer on these here. But as a quick recap, lifting weights won't make you big and bulky, but it will accelerate fat loss, kickstart your metabolism, give you shape, and ultimately get you better results. HIT is a form of cardio where you alternate between very short periods of high-intensity work with longer, lower-intensity cardio. The theory behind this working so well for fat loss is that you get a greater metabolic boost, increase fitness, and burn more calories in less time. Plus, there's less chance of muscle wastage. With your program, we'll give you a few different options. You can choose to train anywhere from two to six times per week. Supplements that work. One of the most common questions I'm asked by women looking to lose fat and build an awesome body is, do I need supplements? In truth, you don't need supplements as your training and diet can account for at least 90% of your results. But as the name suggests, supplements can be used to supplement everything else and just give you that extra boost. Another myth is that females shouldn't take the same supplements as men or even use supplements in general. Again, though, this is false. While some supplements work better for one gender than the other, on the whole, supplements are universal. While not essential, if you're looking for supplements to speed the process along, you can't go wrong with protein powder. As mentioned earlier, it can be tough getting in a higher protein intake from food alone, which means many women find protein powders useful. Look for a basic whey or casein protein as a way of upping your protein intake in a cheap, convenient, and tasty manner. Fish oils. Fish oils are a type of fat, and while that may sound counterproductive, the type of fat they contain, 
omega-3 has been associated with better heart health, reducing disease risk, and speeding up fat loss. Multivitamins. It can be difficult to get all the nutrients you need through diet alone, even if you eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. So a multivitamin helps to cover your basis and ensures you're getting everything you need. Vitamin D. This is often known as the sunshine vitamin, as your body makes vitamin D by synthesizing cholesterol in the skin when in contact with sunlight. As many of us live in areas where it's not sunny year-round, it makes sense to add a vitamin D supplement into your regime. Creatine. Though creatine is usually taken as a muscle-building supplement, it has some interesting benefits in terms of training performance and recovery. It might not be as applicable as the others here, but if you want to boost your workouts, you can take it without fear of bulking up. Caffeine. Not a regular coffee drinker? Then you might find a caffeine supplement pre-workout comes in useful. You can try other supplements, such as specialist recovery shakes, BCAAs, fat burners, or different vitamins, but with most, the rewards may not justify the costs, so stick with the basics above and you'll be fine. Just check with your doctor before you start taking any specific supplements. You made it this far, now what? So you made it to the end, nice work. I sincerely hope you found this book useful. I realize it's a little different, okay, very different, to the majority of diet and exercise books out there that promote extreme tactics, advise cutting out food groups, performing hours and hours of cardio, or taking fat loss pills, powders, and shakes. The thing is, as we discussed at the beginning, any methods like that just don't work long term. Sure, you lose some weight in the beginning, but your mood drops, you get hungry, tired, lethargic, cravings go through the roof, and you become miserable. You can't go out with friends, you have to eat separately to your family, your performance at work and in the gym suffers, and if you stray from your diet even slightly, you feel immense, inconsolable guilt, which then leads you to binging, and soon enough, you're into that disastrous cycle of yo-yo dieting. I'm painting a bleak picture here, but this is what it's like for many women out there, and I don't want that for you. What can you expect going forward? A lot of the females I work with and who read this book ask me what they can expect in the coming weeks and months when following everything outlined here. Well, this is what the vast majority of women find. Week 1. Your motivation levels are high, and you're buzzing because you've finally found a plan that doesn't make you tired and miserable. Week 2. You're progressing well, but there's a little doubt in the back of your mind that the weight loss isn't as fast as it would be with a crash or detox diet. I say this to be 100% honest with you. As we said earlier, an extreme diet might result in 5 to 8 pounds of weight loss in the first two weeks, whereas here we're looking at between 2 and 5. Stick with it, though. Any kind of weight loss at this stage is fantastic, especially when you consider you're not banning any foods and what you have lost is purely body fat, no muscle wastage or water loss. Week 4. You're loving it. You've lost another 2 to 3 pounds and can't believe dieting is this easy. You now see exactly why this way of doing things is so much better than a crash diet. Week 6. The weight loss is consistent every single week now. 
and you're getting compliments from friends, family, and colleagues. You've not had to turn down a single invite for a social event, and your clothes are fitting so much better. Week 8. You're amazed that you've stuck to the plan this long, as in times gone by, you'd have fallen off the wagon well before this point. Week 10. Bad news. New wardrobe time. Hey, it might be a little expensive, but you're noticing huge changes in your physique, and that calls for new clothes. Keep going and stick with it. From here on in, most women have achieved the body they want, as 10 weeks is enough to lose up to 20 pounds of pure body fat. If you want to lose more, blast extra fat, and tone up even further, then all you need to do is keep following the guidelines and you'll get there. If, however, you've reached the point you want to get to, it's simply a case of maintaining that. To do this, add an extra 200 to 300 calories onto what you've been eating to lose fat and cut out a cardio session too. There's no need to eat and train to lose fat now, so you can make things even easier by increasing your calories slightly and doing a little less exercise. Let's be clear here. You may have a few ups and downs, and it won't always be smooth sailing. I'm not saying you'll never want to go over your calories. You won't always hit your protein intake. And there might be times when you get home late from work and don't make it to the gym. But that's okay. Just think, if someone who was 100 pounds overweight ate one healthy meal and went for a jog, they wouldn't suddenly lose all that body fat and supercharge their fitness, would they? It's the same with you. One or two bad days and a couple of missed workouts don't mean you've lost all your progress. This is all about getting into healthy, sustainable habits and being consistently good, not perfect. I'd rather you were 80% good 100% of the time than tried to be perfect 24-7 than felt overwhelmed and crumbled. It's a hard concept to grasp, especially when the mainstream media and fitness gurus often tell you that dieting has to be all about sacrifice and training has to be hardcore, but it really doesn't. I promise you, if you follow the practices in here, stay consistent and keep accountable, you'll get to exactly where you want to be. Work hard and stay on track, but be kind to yourself, and for the first time ever, you can have fun while losing weight.